Welcome to my cozy crypt. Welcome to the Crypt Keeper's Coffin, a Tales from the Crypt Retrospective, brought to you by Bat and Spider. Episode 26, Carry On Death. Somebody's been practicing. I was doing a whole thing for wow, 15 minutes or so before you joined Chuck. Just just you and that microphone just yeah, just just it recording like, it, listening back like uh like you're a football coach, you know, watching the last night's game. Watching tape. Watching tape, yeah, that's what it's called, right? You know? <laughs> watching tape 6 days a week and we get out there on the field on the 7th day. Mm. Yeah. And we play. Welcome, everybody. This is uh, The Crypt Keeper's Coffin, episode 26, and we're talking about an episode called Carry On Death, mm, directed baby. directed and written by Stephen E. D'Souza, and starring uh, Kyle MacLachlan and another guy, George Del Hoyo, I'm guessing. Yeah, George Del Hoyo. Poor George. No one remembers George. For half the episode, I thought Kyle MacLachlan was playing uh, both characters in this movie. Or in yeah. this episode, because did you, never did you notice see the there were no face. close-ups of his <laughs> yeah. poor guy? Yeah, I was like, "What's going on?" Faceless. Here? <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about this writer director Stephen E. D'Souza. Who knew? Uh, Dude, the accolades. Yeah, he had a run. We're talking. He wrote the Running Man screenplay, Commando, um, Die Hard, another forty-eight hours. Die Hard 2, and Hudson Hawk, which I still got to see. I, I remember that being a huge bomb, but I bet you it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's got to be. And he created Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Oh my God. <laughs> do you remember that show? I do. Holy crap. Anything with dinosaurs in it? Yes. <sighs> my absolutely. God. This guy. I mean, he, you know, yeah. he, he, he went down swinging. Beverly Hills Cop 3, Street Fighter, Judge Dredd, the one with the Stallone. Barbara Hershey. <laughs> Did you just say Barbara Hershey? Yeah. Yes. Does he say that in the movie? Well, that's her name, right? That's that's uh, Diane Lane's name, character's name. Oh so my he's got to say. He does say at least Hershey. Oh, my God. Hershey's chocolate. Judge. Hershey's chocolate. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, this guy's resume, you're like, after all those big big hits we're, we're in for mm-hmm. uh, quite an episode of tales from the crypt um yeah but uh yeah it, i didn't <laughs> you didn't i didn't i didn't connect with a dale i wanted to so badly wow 
Okay. But we'll hash it out. Um, All right. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> maybe you can Love convince you. me. I Maybe I was in a yeah. sour mood, Dale. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. Maybe I wasn't ready. Um, so, this episode is about our boy, Kyle McLaughlin. He's playing Earl Raymond Diggs, who is a serial killer on the run, also a bank robber. He's got a policeman's car, and he's out west in the desert probably Southern California somewhere real, real yeah. close to the Mexican border. And he is on the run. State and local police in five counties have been alerted to be on the lookout for Diggs, who is believed to be headed for the Mexican border. Diggs is described as five foot 11 inches, dark hair and blue eyes. He is armed and extremely dangerous and very rich. He thinks he's free and clear. Got two bags of money, but, uh, one lone motorcycle cop with, uh, a, a <laughs> A penchant for not letting criminals uh, go free is dead set on bringing this guy in. And uh, it's it's a dry, dusty race through the desert. (laughs) Chase chase through the desert. And yeah. And uh, typical Tales from the Crypt fashion, it ends uh, badly for everyone. Um, Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm already like... Like, did I like this episode? <laughs> did I hate this episode? I mean, was it really I, that bad? I liked so much about it. Um, I think it was too cheesy, honestly. Like, the dialogue well, made me groan. Yeah. I totally get that. I, I think in Kyle McLaughlin's own way, he was literally just channeling like Bruce Campbell <laughs> in his role. Yeah. He was bad ash as a Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, he definitely character. had like a voice on. And he and he re- I mean it he recorded all his dialogue not on on location. Oh boy. Yeah. They uh the amount of shots just him walking in the desert <laughs> and his mouth not moving, but you know, his his crystal crystalline voice yeah as clear as ours <laughs> but he's like he's like a hundred yards in the distance walking towards the <laughs> yeah. camera and he, he's like he mentioned it's that one shot he sees the vulture and he's like oh hey vulture blah, blah, blah. it's like but it's like 15 seconds before he notices the vulture is <laughs> actually there so they like obviously i don't know i i have a yeah. feeling they didn't have dialogue when they shot it and well i guess they had some because they the lips match sometimes but it does it did kind of feel like they were like maybe they got notes and they were like you got you got to add some more talking there's not enough talking in this <laughs> yeah maybe maybe they realized it wasn't dramatic enough for what they're going for like 30 minutes of him you know in the blistering sun yeah you know uh, maybe it, it just wasn't enough right? i think i would have liked um, that one it would have been more poetic that way it, yeah honestly it, it there was for as much emphasis as as there was on him being stuck in the middle of the, of this desert there wasn't any blistering chapped lips you know there mm-hmm. wasn't any like complete dehydration it was more you know obviously it was more of the meat of the the per, the program which was him being handcuffed to a dead body trying to make it through the mexican desert yeah but, uh yeah, it wasn't as is. It I never felt uh, for like he was in any di- real danger. They didn't sell it. Yeah, I mean the the danger was like represented by this 
this fucking vulture that kept following them around and like talking like my cat talks to me when he's hungry for dinner. This vulture yeah. was so mouthy. Do vultures really talk Th- that much? This vulture, I mean, did they did they hire Billy West to do the voice <laughs> of the vulture? Because it was like the most human sounding vulture yeah. I've yeah. ever heard in my life. It it was like it was like the audio on this episode. It was like watching a Giallo film. Like it was like <laughs> yeah. like the motorcycle cop. Like he like when he wasn't talking and just like just moving. They were they they had the sounds of the leather rubbing on leather uh, cranked up. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, he yeah, like, did. Chill out, man. We're like, it's the desert, but there's other noise. <laughs> there's like wind and, you know, there's like a lot of space between the camera and this guy. We can like, really hear his jacket like we're, like our ears are next to it. <laughs> and that even makes, that even clarifies or, or makes sense now that I, I, I am positive the last 10 seconds of the episode, you hear the vulture chewing and swallowing. <laughs> Like That's I true. was convinced, yeah, it was a swallow. And did you sound. notice, like, yeah, I mean, whoever was in charge of the sound went nuts. Did you notice when they were they had that little scuffle in the in the deserted like uh, restaurant, and the gun yeah. shoots that doll head? The, they put a <laughs> a baby crying sound when the doll gets shot. End of the road, dicks. Yeah, you get me. It's like yes. what? <laughs> Was that a, a Tales from the Crypt producer's note? Like, we got to make this funnier. So they put a... <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah. And maybe that, like, tr- maybe that added to the, uh, you know, Raimi, Bruce Campbell-ness or something. Yeah. There was something wacky and cheeky about it. Yeah. You know, was, but they, they, they played it straight. Our characters did, but there were certain <laughs> elements thrown in to kind of, uh, like, uh, stir the soup, as it were. Yeah. It started out well enough. I mean, uh, it was funny getting the sense that, you know, this cop felt like he was the last person between any criminal and the border. Yeah. You know, he had a personal sense of duty. The other guy was a serial killer. So his motives were just like, yeah, he just wants to get away with his money because he's going to get killed in prison or whatever. But the cop was, he was just like, and at one point, Kyle McLaughlin leaves money, like at one of his bags on the ground, and the cop finds it, and he thinks he he was trying to be bribed. But I was like, I, I think it was just because you were shooting at him, and he, he had to get out of there too quickly. He couldn't grab the other bag, you know? <laughs> and yeah, the cop just yeah. like, he like, isn't that his responsibility as like a civic employee to like uh, recover that money? But he just like empties the bag out, and the dollar bills go in the wind in the desert. Like, no one's yeah. going to find those. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean he always gets his man but maybe not not the money above board <laughs> or, or the money right that poor um you know last bank in arizona yeah. <laughs> first and last branch of arizona you know six miles from the mexican border probably gets you know just constantly robbed yeah god they're yeah they're dying for those bills they're gonna they probably send their employees out on their lunch break to go in the desert collecting <laughs> Yeah, wandering yeah. wandering tens and twenties Un- untangle the uh, tumbleweeds <laughs> and uh yeah so you know they basically they get into a, a big enough scuffle to where they both destroy their vehicles mm-hmm. in the process and then he kyle mclaughlin starts hoofing it on foot he's in great shape by the way i mean oh. he had his shirt and button the whole time yeah he was looking great 
I can see why he got a lot of jobs as a young man. He was a handsome fellow. He was. In, yeah, he was in this, um, for sure. Yeah. And the cop after him just constantly on his A. And, uh, you know, he, he comes across this sign, which is just fantastic, this old weathered sign, mm. you know. You're two miles from, you know, Poco Loco, yeah. whatever. Like, <laughs> there's this oasis restaurant in the middle of the desert. Yeah, cold yeah. beer and tacos and whatever, yeah. And he, he's so excited he's going to make it. And then, you know, he <laughs> stumbles upon this sh- shack of a, like, skeleton of a building that used to stand there. And yeah. it was, it was I, I was just loving this yeah. when he just came upon this, this, former it was like something you see in tremors or, or <laughs> i don't know it was bad it, it was, was like, bad shape i loved it it was like ghost town level like had been abandoned yeah. like 30 years ago and i i did feel for him like when you know i did start to feel the heat of the desert when he got there mm-hmm. there's just nothing like he's like rooting through like crates and there's just nothing he's just like oh i know oh. I, I mean how bad slash good was <clears throat> I mean, compared to, um, you know, being stranded in the desert movies, he, this is like a hundred percent improvement because he's got this structure for shade and, you know, block yeah. against the wind and stuff, but still it's just as bone dry. And there's a couple instances where he like threw down a can or hit the sink and just all this dust like <laughs> lifts off. Oh. It's like, man, it, it's, it's scary in a different way. It's yeah. just as scary, but in a, in a different menacing way that. You, you know, you're, you're not getting anything better out of this place. Mm-mm. So what happens is the, the cop gets the jump on him in this little shack. You know, he's, he's still there uh, trying to think of his next move. Um, and there's like a, there's a scuffle and like the cop's gun is being shot. And somehow the cop ends up getting killed. Like he gets shot with his own gun, I guess. Um, yeah. But not before he managed to handcuff himself to uh, Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> so, <laughs> which, you know, that that's like the whole setup for the rest of this episode is, oh my God, he's a, he's got a full grown man attached to his hand. And instead of figuring out a way to saw through that guy's wrist, r- right on the outset, he decides to carry this <laughs> this motorcycle cop's corpse with him over a mountain to get to Mexico. <laughs> Which is, you know, which I, I embraced it for what it was, the story from here on out. I, I, I enjoyed it, but obviously I, I was like immediately, I was looking at the gaps in the studs. I was like, just like, let's just pivot this dude's arm off. Like, let's just rip it off using our own body weight. There had to be something sharp in that, in that wreckage of that restaurant. I'm sure there was something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I forgot the cop, in, he knew he was dying, so to spite, the, to spite Kyle McLaughlin, he swallows the, the key to the handcuffs yeah. right in front of uh, God, that was the, I loved it. I mean, I just, pic, and I just pictured you, Chuck, probably just smiling so cheesy when that happened. Like, I felt uh, it was great. Yeah. I, I, I the, he, talking about it, I like it better, but for some reason in the moment, it wasn't, I wasn't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't on my wavelength. Yeah, it was a perfect recipe of you know sound problems and uh, yeah. And and then you know for ten minutes, Kyle McLaughlin is just carrying this. Like every instance, every instance, I'm just like, let's just 
get you know, uh, was it 127 hours or something? Let's get his arm wedged between two rocks and just rip it off right now. Let's just do this thing. Let's, or, you know, let's, if you couldn't do that, just break off it. Like, let's get morbid and just snap off his legs. So it's less weight to carry. (laughs) Let's do something like, let's legs. Yeah. (laughs) No. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I I was like, you should not be trying to carry this weight. Like you're, it's not going to happen. Like, your priorities are not straight, man. <laughs> yeah, no. And he wasn't, they started selling it a little bit at the end, but he was nowhere near uh, delusional enough to not be thinking straight. Yeah. At yeah. least he didn't sell yeah. it. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, they did with the, uh, like the double vision at the end, but, but yeah, it wasn't, wasn't soon enough. And he's like, he's like weathering, like. Like weathers a sandstorm. There's kind of a montage of him like going through the yeah. desert. It's like a sandstorm. So he like hides under the corpse till Amazing. The, uh, the sandstorm blows over. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. Yeah. And then he, uh, his final hurdle before he gets to Mexico, it's, it's like this, this mountain he has to climb. Um, and man, he is just dragging that body up there. <laughs> like, <laughs> He, oh yeah, it was rough. Yeah, he he's like you know for most of it he's like got a, the guy on his shoulders like just walking, but but when he's like climbing up that mountain, he's just like pulling on the guy's arm trying to get him over like boulders and stuff. <laughs> it's it kind of looks like they really had him pulling either a stuntman or a weighted down dummy. Um, mm-hmm. So it was pretty convincing him watching him. It was like long shots of him struggling with his body. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. And there were, I mean, there were certain shots where the body was laying down and you could tell, you know, the body was breathing like the guy, oh, really? <laughs> Bernie Lomaxed it for the camera. But, you know, some of the long shots where the, the dead body's standing up and stuff, they had so, something yeah. of equivalent weight, body weight and stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty good yeah. effects. Yeah. And true, true comedic fashion, he gets, he gets to the top of the ridge and he's like, oh, he's so excited. He's screaming. He's like, getting to Mexico. And he's like joking with the corpse, you know, like, what are you going to do when you get there? You know? Like, <laughs> um, yeah. But, but of course the corpse uh, loses its own balance. Somehow it was standing uh, and it pulls Kyle back down and he falls a bit and holy mm-hmm. crap. I mean, that's like to lose that much mileage that you, or that distance that you just, oh, you know, had to climb up there and you tumble back down it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's not comfy. Yeah. No, sir. No. So he, uh, so this was finally the point where he's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do something here. And Oh, and the vulture's still like taunting. He's still talking to this vulture. <laughs> yeah. And this vulture's talking right back. <laughs> they should have just gave the, the vulture a voice. I think that would have been funny if the vulture just started actually like speaking English to him. I think that would have been funny. <laughs> that that would have actually worked since the whole tone of the, the episode was, you know, and maybe, uh, you know, uh, Kyle McLaughlin even could or couldn't understand the vulture's voice you know even though we we could hear it that would be either way it would it would have worked maybe but he finds uh he he, he's like lying there and he sees the the cop's police badge on his jacket and the uh light bulb goes goes off and he he fashions an axe out of this badge um he like finds a stick of wood and wedges it in there and then sharpens it with a rock and uh Mm -hmm. yeah this is it boy he's finally gonna get um unattached from this guy 
And uh, yeah. so this is where the double vision comes in. He's starting to get woozy and the elements are really taking their toll. And he, he goes for a big swing and he hits his own wrist. Not the cop's wrist. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> and it's pretty, it's pretty gross. Like it's like, it's like, uh, you know, he doesn't get a clean through, but it's like, it's a good, like through a good inch of flesh. Like you see it yeah. separating. <laughs> oh yeah. It's separating. It's gushing that mm-hmm. gorgeous blood. It was a great shot. Yeah. And then there was a, there's another shot right after it where he's, where he tumbles over out <laughs> yes. of the being stunned and he's hanging from the, uh, from the handcuff and the gash in the slit oh. is just like, oh man. Beautiful. <laughs> that, that yeah. is like just, oh, it's like a paper cut times a million. Just, oh my God. Just watching. It that. was perfect. No, thank you. Yeah. Ooh. And, uh, and then it gets even better. I mean, this is like from here on out, I was all in on this episode the last like three minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It got really good. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, so that, that little sliver just opens up and he, his hand comes off and he falls, uh, pretty far down and he's like paralyzed and they do this cool gnarly effect where his like neck bone is sticking out of his neck. Mm. And he, he like mm-hmm. comes to and he can only move his head. He's like, oh my God, I can't move. <laughs> this yeah. is it. I love how he described it for us. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm paralyzed. Yeah, I'm I paralyzed. can't move. <laughs> like, we know. <laughs> yeah. We would have figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was also like, could he have moved his, like he was moving his head a lot. Like, at, like how much could he have actually move? Because like where that bone was sticking out of his neck. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> I know. But uh, our boy, uh, oh god, the 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 great finale um, that made. I up for never <laughs> in a thousand years would have expected. Yeah. Just the gr- the go for the gusto, <laughs> like yeah. like what happened. Our boy, our vulture boy, shows back up, and uh, this time he knows it's mealtime. He is ready. Um, yeah. Kyle McLaughlin is yelling at him. What do you want, Bird? Huh? You want me? No! No! You ain't getting me, bird! You ain't getting me! God damn it, you ain't getting me! But uh, there's no stopping him this time because he knows the guy can't move. So he <laughs> descends upon him and eats Kyle McLaughlin's eyeballs out like like they're grapes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the sound of the like the gristle and the chewing of this bird. <laughs> And it's yeah. like a, it turns to like a puppet bird, right? <laughs> it's like eating all this, this disgusting stuff out of his face. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh but then God. it, only for the close-up shot, because then yeah. it turns into, you know, a fake dead body and the real bird. Oh, yeah. Whose like claw is like half on Kyle McLaughlin's head to help, you oh. know, brace the bird self for yanking. Oh, oh God. It man. was- it was and and the when the bird went for it i i mean it there was no ceremony <laughs> he just like went in like a yeah. like a snake bite yeah <laughs> and it pulled and it just yanked it out and oh. i was like oh man that's this is fantastic yeah, yeah. The, it was it really did it was like oh that that made it worth it for me because I, I wasn't really feeling the episode but that was a great uh dessert <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes. At the end of that. It was, it was, uh, I mean, it was cream on the crop, cream mm-hmm. of the crop, cream on the crop. First time it's ever been said cream by anybody ever. And I do it live. 
It's, I do a uh, live one on the podcast. Creme de la menthe, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. The f- the famous drink. <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite things in of being alive in this world is when people get um, sayings like that wrong, or they get the, <laughs> their metaphors mixed up. I just love it. I eat it. Up. It happens all the time on reality TV. It's my favorite, like Real Housewives <laughs> or something. They always screw it up, and I just, I'm. It's my favorite thing. I love it. <laughs> Would you be the one to like? Um, knowingly say something wrong to people like something very common to people and repeatedly say it just to try um, to gauge their reaction i i think i have I, I i there there are some that i laugh at so much that it just it's replaced the actual saying for me so i do say them a lot like yeah like there was this one this this podcast this uh radio show i listened to this guy this caller called in with a story about how his one of his buddies he works with, you know, you know, uh, pa- Pavlov's dog, like that whole thing where the dogs like learn to salivate at a sound of a bell because they know they're getting food. And so this guy, like his his workmate, thought it was Pablo's dog, and it had something to do with Pablo <laughs> Picasso. And that one just that made me like I died when I heard that story, and I just I still I can't like I struggle just now to remember what the real thing was because I always say pa- right. Pablo's dog now. Um, but no one would know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, it. You know. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> great. Uh, so here we are. End of another episode, Dale. Um, mm-hmm. Great one. Yeah. I, I, th- I felt. I, I'm. I'm. It, it's growing on me. It's growing on me. Okay. But good. I appreciate it. Oh, another good news. I found my proper um, sheet for uh, the season's DVD. It was in season four's case. So. Oh, now I have all the uh, li- the listings here. <laughs> you did you did some rummaging of your own, and you found that. That's yeah. great. Yeah, feels good. Um, so, what's going on next week, Dale? Next week we have an episode entitled "The Trap," directed by one of my favorite humans, uh, Chuck Michael J. Fox. What? Oh my lord! Yeah. Indebted, unhappy married couple Lou and Irene commit a life insurance fraud. Lou's brother Billy helps him fake his death and leave for Mexico. But Irene and Billy fall in love, and when Lou returns, they claim they don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Cripes. Wow. This is uh, starring Terry Gar. Oh, awesome. Bruno Kirby. Oh, sweet. I love that guy. Yeah. City wow. Slickers, right? He's in City Slickers. That's what I always yeah, think. Yeah, City of. Slickers. He's always in a bu- he was in a bunch of uh, Larry Sanders episodes too. The, he's it's very of the time, I guess. Yeah. And Bruce McGill is in it. Who's in everything? He's in. Uh, he's in my cousin Vinny. Oh okay. Uh, I think was he in my cousin Vinny? I'm, I mean, I'm staring at a stupid IMDb page. I can just look. <laughs> he's in Rizzolian Isles. If you ever watched that show. Oh, <laughs> uh, not enough. Oh, I, uh, I got a picture of him. Oh, this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. Yeah. God bless him, dude. This one, there are certain people that are just like the hardest working people in Hollywood. They're just constantly getting work. They're my favorite actors. They're, I mean, they're probably, you know, the people, they're called character actors, I guess. Like, yeah, just reliable people that can play any part and they're just there, you know, mm-hmm. doing the work. Doing the work, putting in the work. Yeah. Oh my I'm God. Thinking. James Tolkien. He plays, uh, he's the uh, principal Strickland and, um, Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Damn. 
You're a slacker, McFly. Slacker. Some MJ called him up, said, I got something yeah. for you. you know? This is, uh, did, did Back to the Future 2 come out in 91? Did it? I wouldn't say that would have been three in 91. Oh, yeah. Wow. 89 was Back to the Future 2? Holy crap. Man, what a summer 89 was. Whew. I remember um, my dad took me to the movies. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see Batman 89. He took us to see Back to the Future 2. I w- you know, I was upset at the time. Yeah, yeah, because it's, I mean. It's Batman. Batman doesn't happen every day, <laughs> like, yeah. getting Batman yeah. movies. That that was, like, huge. But. Yeah, just because, I mean, I, mean I, I wanted Batman in me ASAP. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I all, I got nothing but love for Back to the Future. Sure. Batman. Yeah. After that marketing campaign, Chuck. It was, the country was in throes of Batmania. You couldn't. I mean, yeah. I had I had Batman shoes. I had a Batman hat. My brother shaved a bat symbol in the back of my head. I was in it. Oh hell yes! It was insane. People don't you know. Had the, it was like Beatlemania yeah. for real. I had the uh, Bat Dance single. Oh god! With, so did uh, I. Like, That's what I had. Yeah, exactly. We we're probably listening to it at the same time, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who Prince is, but I got this Bat Dance yeah. song, and I'm loving it. 200 Balloons is a B-side? Oh, Come on. Come man. on. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Woo. Batmania with like Batmania. John Tesh and uh, Mary Hart on a current or <laughs> not, I was going to say a current affair. It's Batmania sweeping the nation. <laughs> like sending cameras down to comic book stores. And they're just like, oh my God, look at these <laughs> right. groveling idiots. With like B-roll with like Batman comics like being stacked up and yeah. going. You might be surprised that they still make comic books. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I wanna be in pictures. <laughs> remember? No, what's remember that? Remember that line from <laughs> It's from Dumb and Dumber and it's like <laughs> when uh what's his name? Not Lloyd. Harry. Uh-huh. When Harry goes and has to poop in that lady's yeah. house, I think. Yeah. On like the TV is uh, <laughs> entertainment tonight. I wanna be in pictures. <laughs> it's like his famous iguana. I say that a lot. Samsonite. That's the line I always remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh Lord. All right. So all right. Let's uh let's save some of this nineteen ninety one um Michael J. Fox Love Fest for next week uh, when we return with the Crypt Keeper's Coffin. But for now, we must close this casket and get mm-hmm. on with our lives. I bid you Cook adieu. him, Dano. Cook him. Oh, that was such a good line. Yeah. That was the only line I liked. <laughs> yeah. Cook him, Dano. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention the scariest part of this episode is that we got another bookend with the Crypt Keeper walking to open the show which i do not like it makes me uncomfortable but we have it crypt keeper walking <laughs> mm-hmm. you could almost tell there was just bones underneath of those cop pants oh man i don't know oh yeah i didn't oh yeah yeah and the crypt keeper was dressed up like a motorcycle cop that was so weird yeah i don't know it was actually um bruno kirby's legs <laughs> Little known fact. Until next week. 
Kevin Hager's best friend, Bruno Kirby. <laughs> Inseparable. All right. Bye-bye, kitties. Love you. Be in pictures.